The Washington Commanders came out flat and never really fully recovered until it was too late, losing to the New York Giants 14-7 to to fall to 3-4 and on the year. We break down how it happened and what it means live on this episode of Locked on Commanders. You are Locked on Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this live episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for joining me here on Locked On Commanders, making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can always continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Join the Locked On Commanders Insider Program where you get news, inside scoops, exclusive content direct delivered directly to your phone through one-on-one conversations with me via text message. I'm always excited to welcome new insiders, even following unfortunate losses to the New York Giants. Join the Locked On Commanders Insider Program now and be in the know all the time. Just go to joinsubtext.com slash Commanders to sign up. I'm David Harrison on Twitter at dharrison82, your host of Locked on Commanders, credential member of the media, covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers and everydayers. You know, I always appreciate you for coming through, supporting the show like you do. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers, you can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. On today's episode, we're going to rekey the Commanders. We're going to go over three topics of conversation following their 14-7 loss to the New York Giants. But first, we're going to discuss how we even got here. And first and foremost, got to apologize to everybody. This episode dropping later uh, than we like. I usually like to go live about an hour or so post-game, get through the post-game press conferences, hit the locker room, uh, and then come to you live. But unfortunately, MetLife's Wi-Fi signal uh, about as reliable as the Washington Commanders offense was on Sunday. So I had to make the five-hour drive home from MetLife first. And uh, so this is coming live at almost midnight, so almost to Monday. Uh, so I'm not sure how many people we're going to be coming through here. But if you're up or if you're still up uh, and you decide to come through for this group therapy session, uh, I greatly appreciate you for doing so, as always. But if you're watching or listening later, I also appreciate you as well. So how did the Washington Commanders get to three and four? Well, to answer that question, first I want to give you guys – uh, a little bit of a, of a sneak peek of uh, what's it's, it's called NFL GSIS, right? It's, it's stats and information services. And, and this is kind of one of the things that media members were using this, you know, a lot of times in the press box, I use them to, to write some, uh, some articles and stuff like that. So it's a really good resourceful tool uh, that we have access to uh, here as, as members of the media. And I can't give you access to it, but I can at least show you kind of some of the things we see. So obviously you see uh, the final score there and looking at the score breakdown here in the middle part of the screen, uh, potentially one of the saddest score breakdowns I've ever seen uh, on a post game uh, game book. This is kind of the digital version of the game book uh, that, that the NFL puts out after every game. And, and you see there are two giant scores, one commander score, both the giant scores coming in the second quarter, uh, one a 15 yard pass to Darren Waller, the tight end from quarterback Tyrod Taylor to make it seven, nothing after the Graham Cano Gano extra point. And then later on in the second quarter, Saquon Barkley uh, catch and run from Tyrod Taylor for a 32 yard touchdown. 
uh, makes it 14 nothing after the Gano extra point. And then 10-21 left in the third quarter. Uh, the Washington Commanders get on the board with a Brian Robinson four-yard touchdown run. Joey Sly's extra point makes it 14-7. And that would be it for the scoring uh, portion of today's program. The New York Giants did have a early field goal attempt that they missed. Uh, Graham Gano missed. And then uh, Joey Sly's one field goal attempt on the day was blocked. Um, Ron Rivera, re- not, not refusing. That's, that's a bad way to put it. But uh, holding back from saying what he thinks led to the blocked kick, uh, only just kind of crediting the the really big Giants player for getting a paw up and getting a paw, uh, getting a hand on the ball to deflect that thing. So 14-7 is your final score. Uh, leading rusher for the Washington Commanders, Chris Rodriguez, who had seven carries, 31 yards, 4.4 yards per carry, which normally I would be very, very happy. Chris is someone that I, I've enjoyed covering since he arrived to the team, really since his, his rookie you know Zoom conference we had when he got drafted by the Washington Commanders. Really enjoy talking to him, kind of getting to know him just a little bit. Uh, but so to see him get a little bit more action than he's used to, have a pretty decent, you know, 4.4 yards per carry is a pretty decent average, especially for a rookie. Uh, you know, normally I would be be pretty happy for him, but the fact that he's the leading rusher with that stat line, Brian Robinson, eight carries, 23 yards, a much less effective 2.9 yard per carry average, did have the one touchdown. Sam Howell had the longest run of the day for the Washington Commanders. 11-yard run, but ended up with two carries, 15 yards. Antonio Gibson, two carries, seven yards. And, of course, Sam Howell's final stat line, 22 for 42, 249 yards, one interception, a 60.5 quarterback rating. So his streak of improving QBRs uh, by week by week is certainly over. On the Giants side of the offense, Saquon Barkley, 21 carries, 77 yards. Tyrod Taylor, 18 for 29, passing 279 yards, two touchdowns, and a 116 0.9 quarterback rating. Darren Waller, uh, the leading receiver in stats and Aaron catches and yards, seven catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, but certainly Jalen Hyatt making his mark on the uh the game. Two catches, 75 yards with a long of 42. On the commander side of things, Terry McLaurin ends up being the leading receiver, even though he 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 had two targets after like you know midway in the third quarter. Six catches, 90 yards total. Uh, unfortunately, could not find the end zone. Mitch Tisler, actually, uh, for those of you who know who he is, one of the members of the media, uh, if Terry McLaurin would have found the end zone, he would have hit on a $900 parlay bet. So unfortunately, uh, for several reasons, that that fact that he didn't find the end zone is very painful. Third downs, uh, we all know third downs are important. The Washington Commanders went one for 15, which is horrible. Uh, the New York Giants, five for 16, although that 16th one was a kneel down at the end of the game. So really, we won't do it functionally. Functionally, they went five for 15. Uh, on the day. So that's kind of what we see from NFL GSIS. I like to lovingly call it NFL Jesus. Um, that's just kind of my little pet name for it. But breaking down the numbers just a little bit deeper on offense, Sam Howell, five completions in the first half. He only went five for 14 in the first two quarters, 36% completion rate, which is not very good. And then he went 17 for 28 in the second half, which is 61%, significantly better. Still not great, but significantly better. The commander's offense went three and out on their first two offensive possessions of the game and eight times total. They went three and out, eight times total on Sunday. Uh, four three and outs, and a touchdown came in the middle quarter. So from the middle part of the second quarter to the middle part of the third quarter, a lot of people refer to that as the middle quarter and kind of consider that a really critical part of the game during that middle quarter. Uh, again, the commander's offense had two first, oh, two three and out offense possessions, uh, or four three and out offense possessions, rather, and a touchdown. In that period, they gained no more than 21 yards of offense on their first 10 possessions 
and then gained a total of 117 yards of offense on their first 12 possessions, which 12 possessions is kind of like the average expectation for a total uh, game. So basically that's like a full game's worth within the game, 117 yards of offense. But then they gained 156 yards in the final two possessions of the afternoon, allowed six sacks on Sam Howell. Again, some of those are going to be on the line. Some of those are going to be on the quarterback. Some of those are going to be on both of them. Uh, the Giants had a total of five coming in. So yet another opponent who is not doing well in the sack department defensively comes in against Washington and gets right. You know what I mean? And that's just kind of who the Washington commanders are at this time. You might become, might come surprising given all the three and outs, given all the sacks, but Washington actually held the time of possession 31 minutes, 14 seconds compared to the Giants, 28 minutes, 46 seconds on defense. The commanders gave up 31% third down conversions. That's actually less than their season long average, which was 39.76% coming into the season. So they actually improved on that metric. Uh, they sacked Tyrod Taylor four times, allowed those two touchdowns in the first half on nine possessions, and then no scores in the second half on five possessions, including the end of game kneel down session. So really no scores on four second half uh, possessions. The defense for six, three and outs. So six, three and outs compared to eight, three and outs nine times. They held the giants offense at 20 yards or less on a, on a given possession. And they surrendered eight explosive plays uh, and for the entire game, six of those were explosive passes, which are 20 yards or more explosive passes accounted for 178 yards of Tyrod Taylor's 279 yards of passing. So only 101 yards passing from Tyrod Taylor came outside of the explosives. Saquon Barkley finished with 118 yards of total offense on 24 combined touches. Uh, and then again, Darren Waller, the leading receiver, first touchdown as a New York Giant. And this was the first game all season. The New York Giants scored an offensive touchdown in the first half, and they scored not just one, but they scored two. So that's how we got here. The Washington Commanders are three and four, headed straight for a Sunday matchup against the six and one Philadelphia Eagles. But that's a topic for another day. Today, we've got three other topics to look at stemming from this loss on Sunday. That's coming up next on this episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this live episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for your daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for this week. Week 8, eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. One of those players is Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson, who will be coming off of a bye and is looking to build on his momentum with an improved quarterback Zach Wilson, uh, hoping to have a big game against the New York Giants in week eight. And Terry McLaurin just went, uh, you know, six carries or six catches, 90 yards. So Garrett Wilson looking to get a little bit of that love. Start spreading the news in New York, New York battle. The Giants secondary cannot cover him well and has already given up big games to Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs. And uh, again, Terry outside of the touchdown, Terry McLaurin. Garrett Wilson is a great talent, and the Jets are now back to using him that way as a dominant number one look for him to keep coming through with the with his best all-around game yet in fantasy in 2023 meanwhile philadelphia eagles wide receiver Devontae smith has cooled off a little bit after a hot start to the season but he can rev back up in his rematch against the commander's pass defense in week eight had a pretty decent week seven against the miami dolphins and week uh against commanders however he caught seven of nine of, of his seven of nine targets for 78 yards and a solid performance against the commanders previously with aj brown Blowing up as of late, expect Washington to try to contain him first with coverage and leave some more favorable downfield opportunities available for Smith. Smith's capable of exploding in any game, and the Eagles should want to get him more involved to restore the complete danger of their passing game with Jalen Hurts. So if you're a daily fantasy person, your commanders may not be in a very good position, but you might be able to have 
a little bit of success yourself by taking advantage of their woes. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And the same goes with your vehicle with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. With the eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks once again for making Lock Talk Manage your first listen today, every day, and every other day after that. Every dayers, thank you for always coming through like you do. I greatly appreciate you. F- uh, football season is here, and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Every Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern from every Locked On YouTube channel with three hosts who break, de- break down every game on the NFL schedule to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, Get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. So, plenty to talk about coming out of the Washington Commanders' fourth loss of the season, 14-7. They fall to the New York Giants. Um, And honestly, there's way more than three, but because of the format of the show, I'm going to go over three. Uh, That kind of came off the top of my head as we were watching this thing unfold. And I know there are plenty more. If you want to talk about some other ones, I've got a mailbag coming up uh, this this week. So by all means, drop those questions in the live chat, in the YouTube comments, hit me on Twitter, or text me if you are an insider. And again, if you're not an insider, you want to become an insider, go to joinsubtext.com slash commanders, and then text me your question. And we will certainly get to as many of these topics as we can, because I know there are a lot of them. The first one we're going to talk about here, though, on our post-game episode, uh, Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy, uh, assistant head coach, offense coordinator, Washington Commanders, flat out got out coached. That's that's just the bottom line. There's there's no way to sugarcoat it. There's no way to put it nicely. Um, and not only did he get out coached, he didn't realize he was being out coached until it was quite honestly too late. Um, it was too little, too late. By the time the Washington Commanders offense started to change some things and started to get things on track, uh, as and and you know it almost wasn't too little, too late. You know what I mean? And you almost, I mean, the the topic was going to stay the same. It was just maybe it would have been too late. And if, you know, if Sam can get that ball out cleaner to Jahan and Jahan can make the catch, you know, who knows if they go for two there? Who knows if they go for one and play for overtime? I don't know what they decide to do um, in that situation. Maybe we'll ask Ron on our uh, day after press conference on Monday. But bottom line is, you know, it, they almost they almost escaped it. They almost got away with it. But the bottom line is Eric Bianmi got outcoached uh, by Brian Dable and by, by uh, uh, Wink Martindale the New York Giants defense coordinator. And I think that's something that they, this team needs to internalize, right? Like if you watch the press conferences, you know, there's a lot of defensiveness. There's a lot of, you know, defensiveness from coach Rivera. There's a lot of defensiveness from the, the offensive coordinators when they get asked about some of the struggles that their team is going through. And, you know, that's, that's, that's a little bit understandable, obviously to the outside world, but internally, you know, I hope they're owning this because that's the only way they're going to get better at this. The plan in the second half was not the same plan that they had in the first half. Ron Rivera told us after the game, uh, you know, he was asked by Sam Fortier of the Washington Post why things didn't go as well in the first half, you know, how to how to account for the pressure. And Ron said that the 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 plan in the first half to account for the pressure was the same as the plan in the second half. But that's uh, categorically untrue, because in the second half, we saw the Washington Commanders offense unveil 
multiple, I want to say three times they brought Cornelius Lucas in to be an eligible extra tackle. He basically was, an, was a tight end. He was an eligible receiver, but he's a tackle. So he's on the field as an extra tackle. And that is something that if you're an everydayer, that is something that we've been talking about here, adding extra blockers, adding more tight ends, running 12 personnel, running play action, running boots, moving the pocket, right? And, and I've had multiple insiders text me and say, you know, what are things schematically that Eric Bieniemy can do to help the offensive line? Because the offensive line is very suspect. Um, and from a game-to-game -game perspective, you know, it, one game it's Andrew Wiley, the next game it's Nick Gates, the next one it might be Charles Leno. Like, the, the offensive line has issues. And at the end of the day, there are some trades that could possibly be made, be made. But until those trades are made, and even if those trades are made, it's going to take time for that player to, to assimilate into the offensive line. The things that they can do schematically are play action, screen passes, move the pocket, add blockers. Those, those are really, the, and then that's football 101. So these are not things that Eric Bieniemy is not aware of. There's just a reason that I'm, I'm not aware of. I'm not going to be aware of because I'm not in the meetings and they're not going to tell me outright. But for some reason, they're not employing them. Now, in the second half of this game, we saw them employ the extra blocker, at least. And we did see some two tight end personnel. We saw actually three tight end personnel at one point in time. But this is something that started to work against the New York Giants. Bringing in Cornelius Lucas started to work. Moving the pocket started to work. The problem is, like I said, is it happened too late. This is something that should have happened in the first half. So why didn't it happen in the first half? Well, that, again... We, we can't put our finger right on it, but we can kind of deduce some things, right? And this kind of goes to decision-making from the coaching staff. One of the things that you kind of deduce from it, right? Sam Howell's talked about it publicly. Pretty much every team does it, um, is the scripted plays. Most teams, if not all teams in the NFL especially, script their first 15 to 20 plays. I think Sam has told us that they script their first 15. And those first 15 plays are scripted using what the quarterback says he's comfortable with, knows the best, and can execute the best. So most offensive coordinators, most play callers don't want to stray from those first 15 plays because they're trying to get their quarterback comfortable and in a rhythm. Got it. In this game, Sam Howell very clearly in the first 15 offensive plays was not comfortable and was not in a rhythm. And the only thing worse than making a bad decision is sticking with a bad decision. You know what I mean? You have to come to a point and nobody can say where that mark is, but to me, I would probably venture to say that after the first two, three and outs, I would probably say that the script that we have is trash and needs to go in the trash. And I'm spending the time between the second and third possession, sitting down with my quarterback and saying, okay, dude, what we thought we were going to do is not working. Because if you watch that game, if you watch it again, uh, you know, I have to watch this thing three times. I watch it in person. I watch the broadcast and then I watch all 22. That's a minimum three times. You will see. I will see again. Wink Martindale had their script. Like, I'm not accusing him of cheating, but basically the way the Giants defense run is like he had their script in his hand. He knew how to counter every single thing they did, and they did not change anything until the second half. And by then, obviously, it was too late. Could be a symptom of a bigger issue. You know, look, um, there, there are more that we can talk about this. We're, we're going to talk more about this as we have more uh, more discussions through the week about coaching. So that's just a little bit on Eric Bieniemy. That is not to say, and I don't want to say this right now, no one person is responsible for this loss. Everybody is responsible for this loss. So just because I'm talking about Eric Bieniemy, but I'm not saying anything about Jack Del Rio or Ron Rivera does not mean I am personally absolving them. So let's just get that straight right now. But I got to get to the next topic. Next topic point, bad teams lose to bad teams. This Washington Commanders team is 2-2 two and two against teams with a losing record. 
They're 500 against losing teams. They have a minus 21 scoring margin in those games. They're one and two against teams with winning records and are minus 29 in scoring margins. Washington has given up the most points in the NFC this season. Third most in the NFL, one point behind the Indianapolis Colts. We're also three and four and also have a first year starting quarterback, although he's been injured quite a bit. And they're 19 points behind the Denver Broncos, who uh, until they won today, were basically almost, you know, talking about cleaning house. Uh, they're outscoring half the league. The Washington Commanders are. They're outscoring half the league, but their wins are coming at an average of less than five point margins of victory, which means they're incredibly inconsistent. In fact, inconsistent isn't even a good word. I would say this offense is more like a vehicle with faulty spark plugs. It cannot maintain its RPMs. Speaking of eBay Motors, maybe they can help this team out. Lastly, the offensive line has a ceiling, but it's not very high. Howell is hit, was hit on Sunday or sacked on 18 of his 43 dropbacks. That's 42% of the time. And that doesn't even count hers, right? That's not total pressures. That's total times he was hit. 42% of the time he dropped back, he was hit. And that's not all on the offensive line, but that's a lot, which is uh, especially considering that according to NFL Next Gen Stats, the fastest sack that the Giants got on Sunday took four seconds. You typically talk about quarterbacks only needing or having three seconds. The fastest New York Giants sack that happened on Sunday took four seconds, and he was hit on 42% of his dropbacks. That's ridiculous. From a quarterback standpoint, from an offensive line standpoint, from a coach standpoint, that is absolutely ridiculous. So those are the three topics that we're going to cover on this post game. Again, we've got more episodes coming, so we've got a lot more time to flesh out a lot more of these topics, and we will believe me. What about the three keys to victory? I laid them out on Friday. Obviously, the commanders didn't complete many of them, but it's not because they never got the chance. Actually, one of them, they did never get the chance. I'll explain what that is coming up next on this episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you're looking for Sunday night football action, actually you can't be. This was planned for earlier. Uh, the, the Miami Dolphins, they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. But on Monday night, we hit the San Francisco 49ers minus Debo Samuel, maybe without Christian McCaffrey. They're going up against the Minnesota Vikings, so you can find odds there if you don't want to wait till Thursday. Buffalo Bills, Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, is our Thursday night game. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action than now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And while you're watching the Washington Commanders struggle to get their feet under them, maybe you can make some money, right? So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. All right, guys, time to rekey the Washington Commander. So this segment, I look at my keys to victory that I lay out before the game, and we go over them one by one and talk about whether or not the Washington Commanders succeeded in achieving or getting getting those keys. These are like fictional keys that they need to unlock the win, right? So if you get all three, uh, I'm more or less guaranteeing that you're going to win. That's a bold statement, but it's it's worked out so far. So the three keys that we had uh, for the Washington Commanders to beat the, the New York Giants uh, stay scheme discipline against unscouted looks, minimize Giants quarterback rushing damage, and get some quarterback consistency out of Sam Howell. So key number one, stay scheme discipline against unscouted looks. This was based off of what the Giants did last week against the Buffalo Bills the first time they had Tyrod Taylor uh, starting a quarterback. And what they did, basically I compared it to an arena football league uh, 
offense, except much more of a power arena football league offense, weird formations, crossing patterns, crossing blockers, all those things. Well, uh, they didn't really do that this week. The New York Giants came out with a very traditional looking offense. They came out with, I mean, they're, don't be wrong. Every offense has some exotic looks, right? But nothing too, too crazy. Um, and there are actually reports earlier this week that Brian Dable may have been taking over the offense and taking over play calling for Mike Kafka. If that's true, that might be why we saw this version of the New York Giants offense. So that's the key that I, I kind of teased, right? Like they didn't really achieve it because they really have a chance to achieve it. So I'm going to kind of give that one a push. So key one, kind of a wash there, unfortunately. Key two, minimize the Giants quarterback rushing damage. Since 2020, Giants quarterbacks have rushed the ball four or more times in five of the six times these teams played uh, before Sunday. Those carries turned into 50 yards or more four times and accounted for three or more first downs three times. On Sunday, the seventh matchup between these two teams since Ron Rivera became the head coach. Uh, Tyrod Taylor had eight carries in the game for 25 yards. That's 3.1 yards per carry. Uh, one first down and one explosive run. So did they minimize the Giants quarterback rushing damage? You know, it, it's fair to say yes, maybe they did. I think that you're kind of on the fence with this one. I'll give them half credit because, again, 3.1 yards per carry, not a huge total. 25 yards given up, not a huge total. Did get a first down um, and did get one explosive run. And the only part, the only reason I give them uh, a, a kind of a half point instead of a full point here is because that explosive run, that first down, did come on a drive where they end up scoring a touchdown in the first half. And obviously they won by a touchdown. So give them half credit for that one. So we're 0.5 out of out of a possible two at this point in time. Key three, quarterback consistency. Sam Howell's QBR quarterback rating have been rising for three straight games up until this weekend, uh, but his full game performance had been very up and down. Basically, if he had a good first half, he had a bad second half, and then the next week he would have a bad first half, a good second half, and then just flip it week out, week in, week outs. Uh, this week, uh, you know, last last week rather, uh, Sam Howell had a stronger half, first half against the Atlanta Falcons than he did second half. So this week we need to see a strong first half again to break this trend. Uh, and we didn't get it. We got a terrible first half. And then we did get a better second half. So basically that trend has continued where Sam Howell plays better in one half than he does the other. And it's basically flip-flopping as we get through the season. Sam Howell, again, in the first half, five completions out of 14 tries, 36%. Sacked five times through an interception. And then the second half, 17 for 21, or 17 for 28, rather, 61% completion rate, one sack, no turnovers. Uh, so did we get that Sam Howell quarterback consistency? Not even close. Not not even for a second, not even close to to get that. So a uh, very frustrating evening for the Washington Commanders and the New York Giants. Very frustrating evening for Commanders fans. Um, very frustrating evening for people in the press box, for the coaches, for, for everybody. Trust me, unless you're a Giants fan. Uh, my prediction for this weekend was Washington 24 to 14. Uh, I said on Friday when I made the prediction that I was making it on paper, right? I said, I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go on paper. The better rosters to win. I mean, the offensive line is made up of complete backups. You know what I mean? Dudes that, are, that came off the couch a couple weeks ago uh, and, and the Washington Commanders, you know, did get some sacks, but, I mean, should have really just kind of dominated uh, this entire game, you know, from from Jump Street. Um, and they did. They didn't look ready for the blitz. They didn't look ready for what Wink Martindale has made his career reputation off of. They didn't look uh, dominant on the defensive side of the ball against a backup quarterback who, yes, he has some mobility, but in, in an offensive line that is certainly less put together, effort-wise than the Washington Commanders offensive line was. You would have if if I told you coming into this game that one of these offensive lines was was basically put together by spare parts and one of those these offensive lines was put up of deliberate draft picks, deliberate free agency moves, you would think the Giants were the ones that were deliberately put together and the Commanders one was put together of the spare parts. So that was a terrible flip of fortune. Uh, and this is why I don't play games on paper. 
You know what I mean? It's going to be really hard. Uh, spoiler alert, guys. I'm going to predict the Eagles to beat the Commanders next weekend. I know you're not surprised, uh, but that's just going to be how it's going to be, uh, unfortunately. So thanks for coming through for this group therapy session. Again, a lot more conversations coming up in the week. Um, I feel like this is going to be a six or seven episode week. So if you're not subscribed, subscribe. Uh, if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. Uh, keep coming through, and we're going to try to get through as many of these topics as we can. Again, if you've got questions, if you've got other topics you want to bring up, throw them in the YouTube comments, hit me on Twitter, or send them directly to me. Just text them by becoming a lock insider. Join subtext.com slash locked on commanders. As always, I want to thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day. Every day, every day, I want to thank you for coming through consistently like you do. Thanks so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind. I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.